WalkCast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. Support for WalkCast also comes from donations raised through Patreon. To donate to journalism with urbanism at its core, check out the link in the show's bio. My son, David Finkelman, died a little over four years ago on White Avenue while he was crossing the street on a green light. Somebody has to be pushing them and saying, work harder, go faster, try harder, use more money, borrow money to fix these. People are dying. We can't wait. I'm very disillusioned with Vision Zero. And I think that uh, the city of Edmonton has failed to live up to the goal of what Vision Zero originally was. Hi, WalkCast listeners. In 2015, Edmonton became the first major Canadian city to adopt Vision Zero as its road safety strategy. Roughly a year earlier, a driver took the life of David Finkelman as he walked across White Avenue in a crosswalk. Jane Cardillo and Steve Finkelman are David's parents. They pushed for Vision Zero and offered themselves to Edmonton's campaign. They wanted their story of loss to be used for good. They wanted it to change minds. But over the years, and after dozens of meetings and promises that were not delivered upon, Jane Cardillo and Steve Finkelman have changed their own minds on Edmonton's Vision Zero campaign. Today, in this special episode of WalkCast, as Edmonton councillors prepare to examine the latest Vision Zero report, we speak to David's parents about what they feel went wrong and what needs to change. The results are underwhelming. Edmonton has finally set a target date to make change, and it is projecting it will take until 2032 to eliminate traffic deaths like David Finkelman's. In blunt numbers, that means roughly 200 more people will die in traffic collisions, many of them pedestrians. Many, like Jane Cardillo and Steve Finkelman, say that's not good enough. Well, my name is Jane Cardillo, and um, my son, David Finkelman, died a little over four years ago on White Avenue while he was crossing the street on a green light. And um, I have, my husband and I have been involved with Vision Zero for three years. Not so much in the past year or so, but we got involved with Vision Zero because we were really excited about hopefully making a change and making a difference so that this might not happen as commonly to other people. But... We are feeling now that Vision Zero is just not what we expected. They don't seem to be accomplishing the advocacy work. And I'm Steve Finkelman. I'm David's father. Uh, As Jane said, a few years ago we did go to Office of Traffic Safety, and this was before Vision Zero. And um, we met with them, and they were thrilled to have us. We spoke at the uh, committee meeting with, that Vision Zero was introduced. Uh, we, it, you could hear a pin drop. 
and I think we were, we could say we played a strong part in, you know, getting that Vision Zero being the human face of that of, of the Vision Zero campaign. Uh, we continued meeting with the Office of Traffic Safety, and we said to them, we're willing to be the face of Vision Zero. We're willing to tell people what it means to lose someone in your family through bad driving, distracted driving, whatever. And uh, the meetings always went and say, great ideas, great ideas, we'll get back to you. And um, in fact, after about a year of getting nowhere, I reached out and have met with, uh, we've met with the city manager, we've met with uh, her assistant, the assistant's assistant, and everybody, everybody said, this shouldn't have happened, we should have used, you know, we, you shouldn't be feeling frustrated, this is wrong. And uh, that was the last we ever heard from the city. Okay, so then in your own words, tomorrow, what will city council be discussing, and why does that not really mesh with what you just described? Well, they'll be receiving the second annual Vision Zero report, which in typical bureaucratic form is this glossy 30-page report that, uh, you know, talks about all the wonderful things they've done. But in our end, they fall, by the way, they've fallen short of their target for uh, reducing injuries and collisions. Uh, but it's very much a bureaucratic report and a lot of slapping your hand on the back. Uh, I covered City Hall for CBC for about 20 years, and I've read these reports, and really, they look the same. They always put a rosy picture on everything. For instance, they talk about how many people follow them on their Twitter account, the Vision Zero Edmonton Twitter account. The Vision Zero Edmonton Twitter account never says anything after there's been a crash, someone dies. Literally, they only put out things that, again, have gone through the bureaucratic process. And I think that uh, the city of Edmonton has failed to live up to the, uh, the, the goal of what Vision Zero originally was. To us, it was supposed to be very heavy on advocacy, very heavy on changing people's minds, very heavy on telling people the human side of their actions the human side of speeding, the risks, and the people who have lost huge amounts because of it. And yet you see almost no advocacy. And I would say after two and a half years, the number of people who know what Vision Zero is, Vision Zero in this city even is, is probably maybe a quarter, maybe 30%. I mean, that to me is a failure. Given that then, what tomorrow, what would you... You know, what would you hope would happen? We were talking about it earlier, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, another backslap or patting on the back. It's, I think you guys had some ideas of just some darker or more extreme, um, you know, what should happen. So what, what are those? Well, I, I did say earlier that I'm very disillusioned with Vision Zero and what I think needs to happen is that it develops a citizen advocacy group, which we were told was going to happen three years ago. We were told Vision Zero would have this citizen advocacy group, and it's never, it's never been established. And I think 
that because it is part of the city, that it needs citizen input because it's too political. It either needs to be part of the city with regular people pushing Vision Zero, or else it needs to be taken out of the city and, and run by a private group. So that might surprise some people that, that you would you two would think, hey, we need to we need to pull out of this. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Well, for me, I've just been disappointed. This report that's coming out tomorrow is just um, it's just another it's just another exposure for Vision Zero, but they're not doing anything. I'm I'm tired of listening to them. Um, Even in the media now, people seem to use the term Office of Traffic Safety before they use Vision Zero. And you've got um, Jerry, who's the head of the Office of Traffic Safety, but he's not really... I mean, he is the head of Vision Zero, but he never says anything that's really controversial, or we need to do better. I just feel like they're trying not to rock the boat. And so that's why I think that it would possibly or probably be better handled if it was handled by a separate group. And in your view, we do need to rock the boat in Edmonton? Mm -hmm. Explain that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people need to realize that, you know... They're driving a ton of steel. And whether it's drunk driving, whether it's distracted driving, whether it's just, I don't know, daydreaming, whether it's speeding, people get into their car and they don't realize that every time they get into their car, they could kill or maim someone. And, uh, I mean, the girl who killed our son was driving 17 kilometers an hour. So this whole 30 thing, which I think is good in terms of slowing things down, a car is can be a very dangerous weapon. And we live in a city where the car culture is just so completely have taken over that the first thing people hear when they hear of 30 kilometer you know, K zones through residential areas, which are like five blocks long, they go, oh my God. They can't do that. It's going to slow me down. I'm going to lose a minute and a half. I mean, what does that mean to my daily commute? Well, I mean, we're talking minutes. There's just this feeling that don't mess with my right to drive a car. Don't tell me how to drive. I've been driving since I was 16 or even 14 in Alberta, and I know how to drive. It's not me. It's the other guy. You were bringing up what has happened in Vision Zero in other cities. So what what have you seen, just as a sort of comparison? I think a lot of people here, as you said, don't know what Vision Zero is, and then most don't know what others have done. So what have you seen that... Well, all you have to do is Google some of the Vision Zero ads from New York. A lot of work going on in Australia. I don't think they call it Vision Zero. They they have a slightly different name. But it's very hard-hitting... Uh, it's it's very similar to how Australia brought in that drug driving campaign where it was really from the, the victim's point of view. 
And they had this amazing uh, video in uh, Australia where um, they sort of said to people, how many people do you think it's you know, reasonable to die in a year in the city? And people would say 10 or 15 or something. And then all of a sudden they bring in 10 or 15 of his family members and stuff. And it's just like these ads are just like, whoa, it just changes your brain. Uh, New York had an ad where they had families who had been affected by, you know, road violence and stuff like this. And so maybe they would have four, three members of a family and in the middle is a chair there for the mother who died. And it just, it brings home the fact that, you know, there's a human side of this that... Uh, and, you know, when we <clears throat> first supported Vision Zero, they were talking about uh, a million and some dollars a year for advocacy and, a- and ad campaigns. Well, if you've seen the ad campaigns on the buses, they are the most lame campaigns, and it's the same old traffic safety thing. It's the, oh, watch for glare, look for someone's eyes, look both ways before you cross the street. I mean, that's not a million-dollar ad campaign. They've got the money, they've got the resources. The problem is that it's a bureaucracy and everything has to be approved by 47 people and they all don't want to rock the boat because they know as soon as they put something controversial out there, you get this loud number of people on Twitter and everywhere else, the same people who say photo radar is a cash cow. I don't think that's a majority, but it's a very, very vocal and bureaucracies react to complaints. And that's why, you know, we wanted, that's why we offered ourselves. I mean, when we, when we sat down with traffic safety, they said, well, we don't know where to find these people. We said, well, first of all, we're here. And second of all, we'll go and find those people for you. We'll talk to the other people and say, hey, how would you like to sit down and do these ads? Given that your son was in a crosswalk, what are your thoughts on the, the situation with the crosswalks? Well, we've, we've, sorry, I'm not trying to talk too much here, but with that particular crosswalk, sure, it would help if there were, say, the kind of crosswalks where all the lights went red and all the, and all the walk signs went on at the same time so people could cross safely in any direction for 45 seconds or whatever it would be. Um, I know that crosswalk, if there had been a uh, yield sign because he was hit by a left-turning driver, um, he wouldn't have been hit if there was, you know, that they could not turn on a green light. So, I mean, I think that a, a lot of injuries and deaths could definitely be prevented by making some changes and... Yet it seems to boil down to money, but we have money for other things. Yeah, so do you think it, uh, the suggestion was at current investment rate it would take about 30 years? What do you think about that? That's way too long. I mean, there's, there is no question. I mean, it doesn't seem to be a priority. I mean, pedestrians don't seem to be, be a priority and it's true that, you know, as, as I say, they've, they've done a lot in terms of changing uh, left-hand turn lanes and stuff like that to protect drivers, motorists. And they're huge causes of accidents, left-hand turn across a path. So the city's done a good job there, but they would have done that without Vision Zero. Um, they, they just don't seem to 
do anything unless they're pushed when it comes to other than cars. I mean, look at, you know, we do have a bike, we do have a good bike system coming along, but it was only the advocacy of the Paths for People and other groups like that that really started pushing. Um, they, they just don't seem to realize it as a problem. The, the driver who uh, struck your son was going 17, and you said this resulted in some interesting commentary from, from let's say, drivers. Can yes. You, so can uh, explain that a bit. It uh, resulted in interesting comments on news stories that mentioned the speed, and it was, uh, to me, it was almost like drivers were absolving themselves from all blame for this kind of accident because, well, see, he was crossing the street. She was only going 17 kilometers an hour. And so he must have been to blame for this. I mean, why did he step off, step off the curb? Why did he, you know, why wasn't he more careful with where he was going? He probably had earbuds in or he was on a cell. Neither one. He didn't own a cell phone. He didn't have his earbuds in. But... That's the kind of reaction that is really disillusioning, where people just think, not my fault, it's those darn pedestrians. And what, uh, again, we already talked about it, but what, what do you expect from tomorrow? Um, we, just, we talked about how there's likely going to be some stories, uh, a bit of a news hit where we talk about some of the targets and kind of move on from there, but what do you expect long-term, and, and how are you feeling about it? Mm. I'm not expecting anything from tomorrow. We've been through this too many times with the city telling us that they would fix this, that they meant uh, what they said about reducing the numbers of deaths and creating more awareness. I am uh, disappointed in Vision Zero, and I am cynical about the Vision Zero program. So tomorrow, it's just I I don't ex- I just don't expect anything from it. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, our we you know it's funny because I worked at City Hall, covered City Hall for about twenty years, and I know that things are slow, but my general feeling was that things always move in the right direction if not slowly. But um, this has just completely soured me on, on anything. I just think that there is no will to be creative. There is no will to really carry out the aims of Vision Zero. It's just another, it's just another pretty name. You know, if you've worked around bureaucracies a lot, you always see there's a new plan come up. They always have these raising the rainbow or blah, and it's, it's all these fancy titles for basically the same thing they do all the time in a bureaucracy, moving slowly, making small incremental changes. And the reason they do that is to keep below the radar because they don't want people complaining. And um, that's what it is. I think that, you know, Vision Zero is not staffed the way we thought they said they were going to be. I mean, they they have two communications persons. They hired one more. 
There was supposed to be an executive director of Vision Zero. That's never happened. Jerry Shimko is still in charge of Vision Zero. All these things that were supposed to take it in a direction that uh, would really become some kind of advocacy group to become some kind of group to really get out there and try and change people's minds. You can't change people's minds if they don't even know you exist. And people do not know that Vision Zero exists. What do you think, uh, you know, ostensibly city council could be uh, that pressure? They could be, hey, we want results here, we want more, we want to see actual action. So do you get the sense that city councillors are even on board or going to demand more? I've, um, I've met with several city councillors about this, uh, and they all, yes, I mean, nobody's for more road traffic deaths, but um, they're always supportive of it, but they don't seem to hold departments accountable. They don't seem to say, maybe we need someone else running. You know, maybe if it stays with the city, maybe Jerry Shimko is not the guy to be running it. Maybe we need someone else in charge who's, you know, someone different who, uh, you know, is, comes from a background of, uh, you know, uh, more pedestrian-oriented, more cycling-oriented. But it's the same people from the same background, and you're going to get the same results. And that, yes, City Council does want something done, but once the phones start ringing with complaints, it's the City Councillors who have to take those. So I just don't think... I, I, and, you know, it's sort of like that old line of, you know... Every politician say, oh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. But that's it. It's just thoughts and prayers, and then they go on to their regular thing, and maybe they'll try to do something, but it'll be something that... It'll be small, incremental changes that won't rock the boat. It's not going to be in your face. It's not going to really challenge people to do something different, because after all, we just kind of want the status quo with a little bit of improvement, and that's what a bureaucracy shoots for. What last question then? What would, how could you see this at all changing? Would it be advocates? Would it be something catastrophic that really galvanizes people to see the actual problem? Will it be um, someone famous taking this up? Would it be, yeah, what would it be? Well, I sure as hell hope it's not something catastrophic and. Um, because every death on the streets is catastrophic. So, you know, I mean, if you're talking, say, multiple deaths on the street, uh, it doesn't really make a difference if one person dies or if six people dies, except from um, a a media angle, maybe. But um, I think that... Vision Zero needs to be handled by a citizen's group. I don't know if there's funding that can... I I don't know anything about how funding works, but I think it should be taken out of the hands of the government. 
I mean, it's even the fact that you have all these cash cow people who are out there on the streets with their signs advertising that photo radar is up the corner. Why isn't Vision Zero pushing back on that? They're just allowing the myth, if you will, that all the money that they're getting from photo radar is just going into their pockets. It's a lot of that money is going towards road safety. Why aren't they pushing back on that? Why aren't they getting out there and being more controversial? Because it's the only way they're going to make a difference. And by saying nothing, they're actually then saying, you're right. right? You're, they're silently agreeing. Their, their silence is a silent agreement with what the, the deniers, the cash cow deniers are, are saying. I... Uh, I feel very much the same way. I mean, Vision Zero, I mean, I mean, look at what, say, a group like Paths for People has done. They've gone from a small group, they've now got an executive director, they're becoming a real formalized advocacy group. That's what we need Vision Zero to become, like a citizen group who can go to that meeting tomorrow and say, okay, well, we've heard what the city says, this is what we think, this is what people want, and then you know, to speak for people, because I don't think, I mean, either that, I'd love to see the politicians go, hey, this is just not good enough. You're two and a half years in, and what are your results? Like, what's wrong, and how do you fix it? But no one's going to say that. So I really think that, uh, you know, there needs to be a takeover. Either that, or the city needs to do what it said it would in the, in the beginning, and put it in the hands of somebody who really believes in it and is going to tilt at the windmills. But you can't do that within a bureaucracy. And somebody has to be pushing them and saying, work harder, go faster, try harder, use more money, borrow money to fix these. People are dying. We can't wait. You know, I mean, they didn't hit their targets this year. Are they going to hit their targets next year? And oops, the five years is over. So then what happens? Like, it's not, they're now, they're talking about, well, maybe we'll sit down and look at every, you know, collision and try and figure out what would have worked better. So they're now doing more analysis. But it's something they plan to do in the third year. We're three years into a five-year program. I mean, it's been, and I mean, some things have happened. It's just that the... The promise of Vision Zero has been squandered by the Office of Traffic Safety and by the city and by the city bureaucracy. I mean, every time somebody dies on the street, our hearts break. And it would be nice to know that that feeling is shared by Vision Zero, that it has that much of an impact on the people who are running Vision Zero as it does on us, and that they would move it forward because there's been another fatality. Well, well, I mean, there, there's a perfect example. Every time someone dies on the street, I mean, you didn't hear when Chloe, when Chloe died, you didn't hear somebody say, we have this stuff, we have this crosswalk, this is what happened, it's terrible, someone else died, you know. They have a Twitter account. They're not doing that. Another person died. It's people, it's citizens like ourselves and, 
uh, Darren Markland and, you know, paths for people who are saying this shouldn't have happened. What can we do? What can we, you know, this is just reminding people. But the city, you, you hear nothing from them. And that's not, that's what Vision Zero should be doing. That if, if people have to be hurt or people have to be killed, at least if it can't be used as some kind of learning experience or saying, look, we're not, we're not, uh, we're, people are dying, we have to fix this. And you have to keep repeating that thing. And yet, there, is not, there was nothing from the city after she died, except that, oh well, you know, we had upgraded the crosswalk. Like, it was defensive. <laughs> they were saying, oh, it wasn't our fault. But they weren't out there saying, people, you've got to drive so you're watching for people. You've got to, they don't, there's no advocacy there. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our walk again. Walkcast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, and it's all powered by ATB. Another member of the network is the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast, The Well-Endowed Podcast. Check out their latest episode where they look into cannabis legalization. I'd like to thank some of the things that made this show possible today. Supporters on Patreon, as well as free music that I've downloaded from the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.